Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kate, Kiwi, and BP. Hello. Hello. Hi. Today we're going to be doing our 2023 end of year gaming recap, discussing our favorites of the year, and of course, everybody's favorite uh, 20 minutes of the entire year, uh, statistical analysis of our gameplay. Yep, the part that everybody tunes into. Yep, that's why they listen. How was your year of gaming? I always wish I could do more of it, but there's still time. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I guess uh, jumping into it, uh, what were some standout themes? <laughs> this is going to be your question, Kate. I oh, know. What were oh, some no. standout themes for games we played? Oh. Um, shit, I'm not ready. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Um, some, can somebody else go, please? All right, okay. uh, Kiwi, what were some standout themes for games that we played? Uh, so I liked, um, I was thinking, so votes for women was one of the ones that I really liked cause I learned a lot about, uh, the suffrage movement and then just the game in general, uh, was the theme and the mechanics really fit well together. And then, uh, leaf was the other one that I randomly thought of, mm-hmm. uh, just because I really enjoyed like mm-hmm. that laying out the leaves and the, you know, the forest floor or whatnot. So those were two that uh, kind of popped into my head when I, when I looked at this one question. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, the things I thought of were birds. I think birds have been a big hit. Uh, yep. Played a handful of bird games and previous years, also strong bird games. I don't know what it is about birds, but a uh, strong theme. And then um, subway lines, because like we played mm-hmm. Terminus and I was super excited to make a subway line and it was disappointing. And then we played... Um, Next station, Tokyo, which did a better job of building out a subway line and it was more satisfying, but I would still like a game, maybe like a a heavier towards like Terminus, but uh, the actual subway building of of Next Station. I think the great part about Next Station was like it, you you actually had like a a, a DC Metro style yeah, like that's like what I want at the, at end. the end. Yeah, um, but maybe like a, I don't know, something, something more, more subway building is what I want. See, just looking at the games, I think theme. I guess I see a lot of food titles. I didn't necessarily think that all the games were fantastic, but definitely see food titles and concepts. What theme most excited you, though? I mean, food excites me. <laughs> the better food games is what you want. Kate? Yes. Um, I was going to say food too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, but uh, the food games are decent. Uh, the cheese game wasn't as great as I had hoped it would be. But thinking about um, Gen Con, we had diced veggies, um, mm. dim sum, uh, which is steam up. Um, yep. and the sushi game, which maybe wasn't amazing. But sushi boat. Sushi boat. It had a great board. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, so I'd say food, maybe driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, maybe it's, transportation. It's a big, exciting mechanic for you. Yeah. Subway to drive cars. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, for favorite artwork and table presence, BP, what was your winner's, your your limited list of options there? Right. Uh, yeah. Favorite. I mean, well, Lizard Wizard is on the list. And obviously, Annie Steg, anything by Annie Steg is great. Um. You know, I think votes for women. I'm going to probably end up coming back to this game a lot. Um, Table presence wise, I think it's got a pretty good table presence and the cards have great flavor text and instructional as well. Um, The box is also right. Kind of that early 20th century art on it. So I think, you know, for uh, especially for a quote unquote war game, 
Um, it comes to the table with, I think, a pretty strong table presence and um, pretty interesting array. So I think actually, so my answers are all going to be from episodes that I was able to re-listen to on my run this morning. <laughs> so it will not be a full list. <laughs> so that there's going to be some, some Gen Con. Um, Cause I, you know, figured that was a good investment because there's multiple games involved. Um, anyway. Uh, so the sushi game um, and the steam up as well. For this category, um, the yeah, the sushi game, the pushing the plates around um, for like achieving that conveyor belt sushi. I thought that was pretty good and fun. Um, and then also from the Gen Con list would be uh, Emerge. Oh, a, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, you had like, the animals, meeples, which was really fun. The tiles and the board were, I, we, we described it as having a nice color palette. So it just it really looked pretty. Um, and then also, I, I think games with like a huge handful of dice just have a good table presence. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like if you walk by and you saw people like struggling to like roll a fistful of dice, it's yeah, it grabs you. So th- that's my list. Yeah, I, I like the dice one. Uh, I had uh, Octopus Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it had a lot of uh, animals and shapes and things. It just kind of looked looked cool. And then Forests of Pengaia because you you have you built the trees, mm-hmm. and so just being able to stack up the trees was fun. Mm-hmm. Having a big forest of different colored stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite. Yeah, I forgot about Emerge, but I think I would add Emerge to yeah, this, and I'm gonna. One. I'm going to cheat and say castles of mad King Ludwig. Mm. Cause like the best part of the end of that game is just seeing everybody's just crazy castles. And I remember from the game that we played, like somebody had like a torture dungeon and we were just talking about like, you could just hear the screams through the, through the hall, the echo thing through, through the hallways down to your, your nice little park out on the outside. So there's just something about building that castle in mad King. That's just fun. I told Kate she couldn't use castles for every answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other one I would throw out too is Wonderland's War. Um, so the art in that is really great. And then we have the Kickstarter version. So we have some extra like 3D pieces that go along with it as well. So like we have instead of cardboard standees, the actual models for, you know, the Red Queen and Alice and all that kind of stuff. So it just adds a little bit extra to it. So it's got a really nice uh, board presence as well. But I think even if you didn't have the Kickstarter version, it would still look pretty good because the art's pretty great in that game. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, speaking of Gen Con, um, a game with a real table presence, uh, but that was not so fun would be, of course, the the Queen of Midnight or Queen by Midnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, Pollen also from Gen Con. I really liked um, the art. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It just was really pretty. I thought about Queen of Midnight too, BP, but I really just didn't want to talk about it again because <laughs> it was just such a horrible experience. All right. Uh, mechanic. What was something we've never played or a unique twist or, uh, yeah, uh, Kiwi, of course. Uh, so the two, yeah, uh, the two that I thought of, um, I really liked the, I, I think we've played games with, um, what do you call that mechanic uh, with the the wheels, like turning wheels and stuff? Um, but the way it worked in Fromage where uh, Rondell. Yeah. So the way it worked in Fromage where you would place a worker and it would be a while before you could get that worker back. Um, I, I liked that twist on the Rondell and worker placement. And then the tile placement in Leaf was just so different than other tile placement games where you were trying to like match up the points of leaves as opposed to like I'm trying to match this side to this side. Um, those are two that kind of popped in my head pretty, pretty immediately. Yeah, I, I pretty much had the same too. I thought of Lee first for Maj. I think I said it during it. I don't, I can't imagine a non simultaneous worker placement now that we've done one. So I was a big fan of that, how they cleverly did that. And then um, I also had Tawanaku, which was kind of like a, it's a essentially a, a Tetris style game, but instead of Putting the Tetris pieces in, they already exist on the board, and you're trying to uncover them and figure out what that pattern is. So I thought that was a, an interesting take on that sort of 
Tetris board uh, mm. game. Uh, Kate? Um, yeah, I don't want to be too redundant here because I would, I would agree with you both with um, Leaf as well as um, Tawanaku. Um, maybe I will add Octopus Garden. Um, I don't think it was it would, like blow you away there, but I think the like the the way the crabs like the points work to like give them a home and like the way that yeah, I the snails was, yeah were like yeah. negative points, right? But they gave you resources. Yeah, I think they did some clever stuff I there. Thought, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, and and just because also it worked kind of well with the theme too, like the the crab wanted a little home. Yep. <laughs> uh bp favorite mechanic i know i love mechanics so much <laughs> um, she said very sarcastically I, I i can't think of anything that like really stands out um I, I just this year thinking though i think for me a mechanic like mechanically type of games that I have really gotten into are the quote unquote war games. And so just playing a lot of those lately. And um, I mean, I don't know that there's anything like groundbreaking or anything, but again, going back to votes for women, just kind of how it's set up with the different wind conditions and area majority control kind of, um bit on that and to add to Fort Circle games also um Halls of Montezuma. I know that's not one we did for the podcast, but um that was also uh a fairly interesting kind of because they're historical, I guess, and so how the mechanics fit in with the history and really bring that theme out together. So I guess for me it's maybe not that these were like really maybe super innovative mechanics, but that they fit in with the theme so well that it made you really almost learn, <laughs> which I think is part of the point of those games while still enjoying and having some fun. It's official BP is a war gamer. Uh, which <laughs> 40k army are you going to be building? <laughs> yeah, no, no. For circle games, I'll just keep playing whatever they put out. All right. Uh, Kiwi's favorite topic. What was the most fun to teach? Uh, so for me personally, like I'll skip the ones where I didn't have to teach the game because that's an obvious answer, but I'll go back to votes for women again, like what BP is saying about how the mechanics and the game just kind of fit really well together. The games where the mechanics do that is so much easier to teach because it's so much easier to explain. Like, this is why we're doing this thing. And if it fits thematically, like everybody's just, it just sort of clicks for everybody and it just sort of makes sense. And Votes for Women is like one of those types of games where it all just sort of makes sense. Um, so that's the one I'm going to, I'm going to go with. The The rule book is very good. The, the topic is an interesting topic. And then, yeah, the mechanics and the rules just sort of all fit together into the theme and it's just nice. I'll, uh, okay. I'll do the most painful to teach, which is the opposite of that. So Turing test, which, um. <laughs> the game had nothing to do with anything there was no game but yeah so like it was i didn't understand half none of us really understood it um except for like one person figured it out and then it was just frustrating because like nobody got it and then the game really had nothing to do with anything so there was no connection so uh it was like the opposite of that so uh did you have a, a particular painful one you want to mention uh, I was, I think, uh, Hadrian's wall was a little bit just because there was so much like the game itself was not necessarily complex. It was just, there was so much stuff that it, like you spend most of your time just like, okay, now this box and then this box and then this box. Uh, and then the other one I wrote down was Pix pixel tactics deluxe. Um, just because the rule book wasn't great, the game itself wasn't great. And that was one where BP and I played it and then it immediately went into the, I'm gonna try and trade this away pile because yeah. I'm glad we didn't pay money for it. We traded to get it and it was just like, ugh. We had played a lot of Kickstarters off podcast and almost all of them had awful rule books. So um, please, please 
pay people to make your rule books better. Um, I think there were at least like three games we just quit because we just couldn't be bothered to deal with it. So, all right. uh, Okay. BP, what was the most painful to learn? Ooh, lots to choose from. I feel like, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm sitting right here. I don't think they have anything to do with your teaching ability. Um, Number drop. I'm just going to go. I saw that on the list and that is going to stand out. I just, I I never got it. Um, It was supposed to be Tetrisy. It was kind of numbery, but I didn't get it. And again, I don't think it had anything to do with the teach. But the rule book very specifically said it's like Tetris, but nothing like Tetris. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good start. Uh, Okay. Um, I was actually going to say Hadrian's Wall, which I don't know that that counts because I don't think I learned the game. I think it counts. Because um, <laughs> the way we played it, we just clicked the boxes and there you go. Yeah. But had I had to actually learn the game, I'm pretty sure I'd be in tears. Like it was, there were two boards and just, yeah. No. I wonder if, I don't know, I, I kind of want to put like maybe Terminus and lacrimosa on here too i feel like they're i remember lacrimosa being hard at the start yeah and i feel like they're both ones that i had like things that i play them draculas that i thought i understood that i actually didn't towards the end that were frustrating i remember terminus there was a few actions i just avoided because yeah i I don't want to deal with those yeah um i i gotta give it to hadrian's wall though because at least lacrimosa i think by the end i understood most of the game Hadrian's Wall, I could not tell you what we did. No. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got to give it to that one. Um, I'll also throw out Queen of Midnight because we took about oh, yeah. an hour trying to <laughs> set up yeah, the stu- Just oh. putting together the uh, the clock tower was, yeah. was an endeavor. So. And, and, I made it, and I made it back in time to be there for the learn and yep. get to play. Yeah, yeah, we were still uh, trying to figure this set up those cards too, like talk about cards that were not clear or easy to read. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So going into the next one, I'll start with that. Uh, games we wish we left on the shelf queen of midnight. I think, uh, just the fact that the other group was playing a different game and we all kind of looked at Kate was like, can I defect and go to them? (laughs) Like, yeah, I think that was kind of a a big regret. Um, and then also Turing test because it's not a game, but, I think Queen of Midnight really stood out because I think it, it also the fact that we just had we were in a room full of games that we could have picked instead and we could have been playing. And it's like, ugh. Uh, a big time of investment. Yeah. This is on our list, right? Because I'm pretty sure that there's a Kickstarter one or two. <laughs> you can you can throw them out there if it. Uh, if I it, don't even remember their names, but I know that there's several <laughs> times where I'm like, I wish we had played something fun. There are so many good games here. Um, let's see. Solar Sphere. Yeah. That was oh one. yeah. Um, Terminus probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to. Yeah, repeat exactly what I said for the last one, but yeah. <laughs> The, I think Terminus and Lacrimosa, both of them, I was just like, that was way too much time to not be fun. I mean, besides uh, Queen by Midnight, I'm going to put Versailles 1919 up there. I would like to probably try a redemption with it, but I just remember, speaking of war games, my, my year of war gaming, um, thinking that that was going to be so much better than it was and just being very disappointed. Um, at the end, because it was a hard to to get to game. Um, I'd heard some really good things about it, and uh, it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, no, I think the Terminus, uh, Queen by Midnight uh, were my top two that I just was like, I wish we had played something else uh, other than this. Um, some of the other ones that you guys mentioned, like Versailles 1919, like I think I'm willing to try that again, but um, I don't think I, w- I was as bad up as as BP was on that one. <laughs> uh, I think the one that I was most disappointed in that I didn't get to play was Turing Machine, uh, you know, listening to that episode. But yeah, but it was like, I, you know, I wish I could have played that one. But then after listening to the episode, I'm like, I'm glad I wasn't part of that experience. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... 
It was a rough one. Yeah. So, uh, what game had the best player interaction? Uh, I would say, of course, because we played it, Sheriff of Nottingham. Yep. I think you can't not mention that. And then uh, Beast, which was a one versus mini. Uh, so Ernesto played like the the bad guy hunting the forest and the town and stuff. And then the rest of us were on the team trying to stop him. So it's kind of cool because you have this uh, really good teamwork going on on trying to stop the beast. And then the beast has its own kind of gameplay style going on. Um, and they're kind of listening in and, you know, plan plotting their, their, you know, what they're going to do and stuff. And it's like chasing them, chasing them around. And like, he's striking, like we think he's going one direction and he strikes a village, like on the other side of the forest. And it's like, Oh no, we're all out of position. So, <laughs> I don't know. It was just a, a kind of a fun, uh, it's, it's kind of what we've wanted in some other one verse minis. Um, and it actually pulled it off. So I thought that was a good one. Uh, BP. Ooh, I was really hoping someone else was going to go first. Um, I think, you know, it was Birds of the Feather. That was the one where you, you did actually have to pay attention because somebody could swoop in and scare all the birds away, right? Yep. I feel like that one for what it kind of a, a card game had some pretty interesting player interaction to it. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was strong because it had that whole. You had to like pay attention to other people, what other people were playing, because mm-hmm. you're trying to collect sets or something. Uh, I think some of the two player games. I I don't disagree with the other things that you guys said, but like votes for women, there was a lot right. of back and forth in that one. Uh, Odin's Raven was another mm-hmm. one that was like a, a lot of fun and had more uh, player interaction than I think either one of us kind of expected. Um, and then, yeah, so those would be my two to add to the list would, would be those. Um, yeah. And I uh, similarly would put Getaway Driver in there. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah. But just it gets in there pretty easily as a, a two player game where one person's chasing the other person. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the way that it worked and the, you know, deduction and um, whatnot was, was pretty good. That one's a good one because it's not just like social or there's not just like, playing the board interaction, but it's very social because it's like, I do this. And it's like, ah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Or like, I bring in a helicopter and like, God damn it. And you could plan, but like what the other person did really like could throw you off. And yeah. Go, Shoot, I have to come up with a new strategy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, best history tie-in, uh, Kate. Oh, no. Kiwi. Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Um, so I'll, I'll toot my own horn with uh, Tarawa 1943 because that one was an easy tie-in. And then um, I think uh, BP did a good job with Versailles 1919. Uh, so that one was fun. And then I think uh, the bat flip one where you went to, where Eric went to the the AI and had it. And we were just like, wait, was that real? And then we were like both looking up, you know, bench clearing brawls and stuff. Um, so that was, those I, that one, those were uh, fun for me. Yeah. Uh, my favorites were one lacrimosa because I remember I re-listening to that like none of us knew anything about Mozart <laughs> and then BP did it based off of the Falco song and then we actually we were like learning about Mozart and just like looking up right like did he fight a dragon <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's true <laughs> that was a really good one and I actually learned stuff that I remembered um, and then getaway driver where Kate did um how, why you should use a bike to escape a bank robbery. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a favorite. Uh, Kate. Um, yeah, I was actually, I was thinking Lacrimosa too. Um, yeah, just the, the fun we had with that, with the woodpecker and the, and the horse, the horse. <laughs> horse? <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? A pedal to metal was fun just cause you know, the metal music. I think oh, that was that right. one, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was good. Um, I, I did like Getaway Driver. <laughs> uh, the, the llama one was also good. Yeah, that was the, the um, crypto llama. Yeah. Um, Tawanaku. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, BP. I, I liked Heat Pedal to the Metal because. You know, choosing choosing it just based off of the name and, you know, it was a race 
race car game had nothing to do with it, but I think it was great history tie-in just to think about the history of metal music coming from and some of those glam rockers too. And just, yeah. Favorite and least favorite edits. Um, <laughs> I guess this is my category. Uh, yeah. uh, Octopus Garden. So any favorite one is one where like people are interacting and stuff and not just dead silence. Um, so Octopus Garden was funny because there was a lot of like, you know, uh, yelling about hermit crabs and Kate getting, was it treasure pieces or something? Uh-huh. I forgot what you were collecting. Yeah. yeah. One treasure. Game. Yeah. And it's just a lot of yelling about that and arguing over who was taking what. So that's always entertaining. Uh, and then the worst ones were Lacrimosa because it was just <laughs> long and uh, we all had bad audio quality, which is just a pain in the ass. And then block by block because uh, the group was all it, one. It was like a five hour game. And then two, uh, everyone was losing their minds by the end of it. So it was just a lot of uh, tangents and, and randomness. All right, so now it is time for what everyone's been waiting for. Um, yep. So you guys can uh, get get excited. Uh, it is time for the 2023 statistical analysis of the First Turn Podcast Gaming Statistics. All right, so uh, the number of overall games... We played, went back up to 49. We dropped down to 46. And that kind of makes sense. Like if you think about the number of weeks that we have in the year and we do Gen Con episodes. So I think like our season should hover around 46 to 49. Um, This year we had a lot fewer games with all four of us. We actually dropped from 17 last year down to 13 and we had 24 the season before that. So, and that was just, you know, we were all doing lots of travel and all kinds of stuff. So we'll just have to make sure. Yeah, we'll just have to make sure we work on that for for next year. But um, so uh, Kate maintained her winning ways. She won seven of the, those 13 games. So well over 50 percent win rate with Eric and Kiwi picking up the last four and three, respectively. Uh, Eric is still winning the more complex games. Um and we do see a drop in the complexity of the games that he's winning, but we also have an overall drop in complexity for the season itself. Um, and interestingly, when Eric and Kiwi win, they tend to play better than the board game geek average. But when Kate wins, we all play below. It's just Kate's closer to the average. So uh, we just all like respectively do bad. Uh, and then Can BP I? didn't win it, win it, any games for a second year in a row. Why am I not on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 zero because you didn't win any games. So ouch. Uh, so after having a season where hand management wasn't our top mechanic, uh, last year it was fourth. It's back to being number one. Uh, we played a lot more games with set collection and tile placement games this year, uh, and variable player powers actually went down. It was second uh, last year, and this year it was only ninth. Um, the overall board game geek ratings of our games went down by almost 0.2, uh, but we had a lot more games that all four of us would play again. So we had five of those: uh, Fit to Print, Octopus's Garden, The Castles of Mad King Ludwig, and Sheriff of Nottingham, and Birds of a Feather. Uh, two of those kind of being cheating because they were our deep dive episodes. Um, and then four of those five are below like what our average BGG rating was for the year. Um, so, and then last year we had three games that all of us did not want to play again. And this year we only had one that was Lacrimosa. Um, Eric and BP did not have a game where they would like, they were the only one that would play it again, but both Kate and I, uh, each had a game where we were the only person that would say, uh, yes, we would play it again. Kate only had one. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Kate's was, uh, the perfect wave. She was the only one that would be willing to play that one again. And mine was, uh, Hadrian's wall. Even though Kate did the absolute worst in that one. I had no idea why I wanted to play it again. Yeah. Uh, And this might be the last year that I look at the time delta compared to complexity, because as expected, as complexity increases, so does our time delta. Um, But our trend line looks a lot more like our overall trend line. But I think that's mostly because uh, in past years, we've had uh, live games kind of skew our time. So when we play live, we tend to do better than the box. Uh, But when we play online, we tend to do worse than what the box says. And some of that is just, um, you know, we spent a lot of time on board game arena, but we also jumped around to different 
So some of those were, you know, it was going back to tabletop simulator or going to uh, board game arena for Hadrian's wall. Um, so I, I chalk that up to, to that sometimes. Uh, and as previously you mentioned, our overall complexity went down this season. So this year it was 2.2 was the, the overall complexity. Last year it was 2.5. Um, this is our lowest complexity average of any season. Our first season was a two, two, 2.25 and season two was just a, a tad higher than that. Uh, and our series average is 2.31. So we played just, uh, just below our series average. Um, and I think it makes sense. Like it tends to trend toward our tendency to prefer like medium to lighter games. Um, and even on the medium side, you know, the way BGG kind of kind of puts it is like a two is a medium light game. So like the lighter medium side, medium games that are, that are lighter, essentially. Um, our highest complexity game was Lacrimosa that we all played together. And our lowest was Birds of a Feather. Uh, although we did play games that were higher in complexity to Lacrimosa. So Eric and I played Combat Commander Europe and then uh, BP and Royce, we played 11. And then some of the games that we played were also less complex. So BP and I played Timeline, which was the least of all the games. And then Eric and I played Odin, Odin's Raven. So I'll say for complexity too, it's also when we're playing online, some of those complex games can be too much. Like I mean, Hadrian's Wall was an example, but uh, I think if we were playing more in person, we might get more complex stuff out, but um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like around here, like the complex games tend to stay on the shelf a little bit more and not because they're, they're complex, but because there's a lot of stuff to it. Yep. And it's just like, oh, I don't feel like spending the time to set this up. Um, so anything that, that, that can like night, save us like, time. I was like, yeah, give me the low setup one. Yeah. Yeah. BP and I played a game yesterday before she left. And it was like, well, we, we want a game that we don't have to spend a lot of time. So we played magic maze uh, mm -hmm. yesterday. Cause it was like super fast and super easy to set up. But like, you know, we just got our shipment of sleeping gods. So it's sitting on the other end of the table and it's like, I really want to play that, but it was just like too much yeah. to do like right before she left. So, uh, and then for our, uh, above BGG average this year, we all did worse than last year <laughs> with the biggest drop in overall performance being me. Uh, and then BP actually spent more time above average, uh, yes. than she has in previous years. And Kate continues to remain relatively consistent and was actually the closest to being average, uh, out of uh, all four of us. And I, I would say like this season's numbers for this are probably like, I wouldn't say suspect, but probably, you know, they should tend closer towards what we've seen in previous years, just because the sample size was so small this year. Um, and then we played a lot more games uh, this year uh, that we would all play again. So Eric actually went from uh, a quarter of the games saying that he would play them again to over half the games he would play again. I'm shocked. Uh, BP went from, uh, only saying yes to a third to saying yes to two thirds. Uh, I went from half to two thirds and Kate went from saying yes to two thirds of the games to saying yes to three quarters of the games. Um, and then we're all still pretty good at trusting our gut about whether we're going to like a game based on its description and art. Um, so this year we finally had a game where Kate said she wouldn't pick it up, but she would play it again. And that was heat pedal to the metal. So in previous years, uh, if she said no, she wouldn't pick it up. She tended to not want to play it again. And this was the first time that's ever, she's ever said yes to a game she wouldn't pick up initially. Um, but that being said, she and I were the only ones that said we would play that one again. So, uh, and then, so for our perfect games, so last year, uh, we dropped simultaneous action selection from Eric's perfect game. Uh, and this year we're going to add action points. So Eric wants mm. a cooperative push your luck game with action points. Uh, I mm. left co-op worker placement for a cooperative game with point to point movement and an action queue, uh, last year, but this year I'm back to just, I just want a normal co-op worker placement game. You don't need that action uh, queue. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that action queue. I just want cooperative worker placement. Uh, BP is now looking, she needs to be looking for a cooperative oh. deck bag pool builder oh. with push your luck and pattern building, which are a few more mechanics from her cooperative pattern builder last year. Uh, and then Kate uh, no longer wants variable setup and tile placement. She's joining BP for a cooperative pattern builder, but she also wants to throw in some simultaneous action selection as well. 
So that those would be our, our perfect games based on uh, the way I did that was I looked at the number of games that we would say that we didn't want to play again and the number of games that we would want to play again. Uh, any mechanic that was on games that we would want to play again, uh, I dropped them if they were on the no list. And so the, the those mechanics are the ones that there wasn't a single game that you said no to that had those mechanics. Okay. But they were on your on your yes list. So that's kind of how I built those uh, perfect games. And that's based on uh, not just this season. That's uh, every game that we've ever played that you've been a part of, whether we were together or not. As if we played it on the podcast, that's what gets factored in. All right. Um, I wonder if the reason my like we'll play again has gone up for these is because I played so many bad Kickstarters that I I'm just happy when we play something decent. <laughs> <laughs> that was our uh 2023 statistical analysis so our final questions what was your biggest surprise of the year i have two uh one is kind of silly um which is the cookie game (laughs) can i go off list or does it have to be on the podcast list um you can go off list. oh wait i think this was supposed to be on the podcast list all right i will just briefly mention that we played a giveaway game from crumble cookies right yes. and it was actually a lot of fun <laughs> um might have just been the group um and then um getaway driver i mean it yep. literally was in the pile to like get rid of it yep. um and we were just like oh yeah what about this and then it's a lot of fun i like it a lot so yeah yep yeah, I also had Getaway Driver said it was sitting in the getaway giveaway pile for like a year before we finally was like, yeah, we need a podcast. Let's just play this. And they were like, oh, man, this is really good. Yeah. Um, and then I also had Beast um, that also kind of sat in the the Kickstarter pile for a while. And I, I was like, actually, I we gave it away. I gave it away at Gen Con because I was like, eh, we're not going to keep this one. Mm-hmm. And then we played it and, I, and everybody liked it. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> bad news, everyone. Um, we've already traded it. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that one also kind of came as a surprise. Gosh, I don't know that any like really stood out as like great surprises. Um, I'm just going to have to go with votes for women again. I think... Um, just being surprised that I would like a war game. I know. I feel like a, a broken record today with my whole war gaming experience, but votes for women. I, I mean, it was my second war game and um, just uh, apparently it's something that maybe I'm into now, depending on, you know, how it, how it ties in with some of the mechanics and stuff. So. I guess that that has my overall year surprise. Uh, so my two are bat flip uh, because I was not expecting that like just thematically, like not super interested, but then it turned into a game that was actually like it, it, it was interesting. Uh, and then the other one was Kiwi Chowdown. Uh, mm-hmm. I kick started it solely because it had Kiwi in the name and it had a bunch of cool looking Kiwi birds on it. Uh, and then the three of us played it. Uh, BP and Paxton and I, and it was just like, this this is actually a good game. Like it, you know, some fun uh, area control and just ways of doing things. And I was actually shocked that it was as good as it was. Biggest disappointment. Uh, I'll go first. Um, Turing test. uh, I think I've already mentioned uh, was hoping for some kind of cool, like punch card gameplay or something where you created a punch card. I don't know what I was expecting, but I thought it would be interesting. But instead I just got like bad programming math puzzles or something. Um, and then I also had fit to print, even though apparently I play it again. Um, which mostly cause I just, I, I remember like thinking it'd be this cool, like building out a newspaper thing. And then I think it was something like we played it in turn order and real time might be more fun or something. Yeah. So maybe like that was why I would play it again is because I wanted to try it in that that real time version. But uh, I remember kind of being pretty excited for that one and feeling a little let down. Uh, Kiwi? Uh, Blazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the, like the idea of creating your own like 
imagery was cool and then the way eric you described it it sounded super cool and then just the way it actually plays it does not play anything like what kind of what i had in my head of what i wanted it to be so it was that was my biggest disappointment i was also gonna go with blazon um and i'm gonna throw lacrimosa in there as well i thought the idea of composing would be something new um and interesting and instead it just seemed like kind of a euro-y i don't know what kind of game it ended up being but it was not enjoyable uh kate biggest disappointment um yeah i think i was also going to say lacrimosa um but uh in the interest of mentioning another one maybe fromage i liked it and i think we had a lot of things about the game, yeah, that we uh, enjoyed and were impressed by. I think it's only in this category um, because I wanted to be making cheese and we weren't really <laughs> making cheese. Yep. Um, and actually, I just thought of another one. Um, maybe not a huge disappointment, but pollen and also maybe not fair to the game because I think what I was disappointed was just hearing that title and i remember getting my tickets at gen con and like the guy who was giving them to me was like "Ooh, pollen what what do you think that's about and like we were chatting about it so i was like <laughs> expecting this fun naturey game with bees or something and it, it wasn't that so maybe again not fair to the game to expect it to be something and then be disappointed because it's not my expectation that i made up but um yeah it seems to be a common theme like with blazon cheese pollen uh, Turing test where it's like maybe they're not box box art and stuff. Are they like trying to sell it instead of accurately representing what the game might be underneath? Um, I don't know. It seems to be a common thing though. There, it's like our expectations were not close to what the product is. Yeah, but pollen was a good game. Yeah, so it doesn't I wanna, mean it's bad, I really but I think like that's the problem. Though. If the you list, set an but... expectation and then your game is different. Like even if it is a good game, people might be disappointed because it's not what they went in thinking it would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess my question would be, is is that on them or is that on us to do more research? No, I think it's on them. Like if, if you're marketing a product, yeah. right, you need to make sure the consumers have a good idea of what they're going to get. You That's can't fair. expect the consumers to do a ton of research. But um, game that was featured that you didn't play, but now you want to. Uh, Kiwi. Uh, my two are Beast and Getaway Driver. Just listening to all you guys talk about those games, like I wished I like I want to play both of those games. Yep. Good choices. Uh, BP. Mine is also Getaway Driver, and I'm um, yeah, I'm just gonna stick with that one because it sounds you guys you guys have made it sound so much fun. Uh, it is, especially if you like sort of like those movie car chase scenes and stuff oh, like that, absolutely. which I think you guys do. Um, yeah, it, I think it captures it pretty good. For me, votes for women, I think, for reasons that's been mentioned a lot. <laughs> hey. uh, can I choose the game that the group was playing while we were playing Queen of Midnight? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, absolutely. That was whatever the... Uh, far shore, yeah. Far uh, shore is like set in the Everdell world, I think. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um. No, but <laughs> that, that did look fun. Maybe that. Uh, <laughs> but also, I think like last year, you know, games that I would have wanted to play, but I now have played. Like I've played Blazon. I think it's decent. Uh, Odin's Raven is fun. Um. Yeah. So, if I can choose those. <laughs> yeah. And uh, favorite game that was featured on the podcast, Kate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so. I thought this would be an easy one. Well, I have, I, I have Castles and Ecos are on here, um, which I feel like I can't actually choose. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention Ecos for history because that one has the sock hands history. It does have sock hands. Uh, so those are, I love both of those games. Um, but because I had played them before we 
podcasted. Um, I I feel like because I've talked about it so much, Getaway Driver should be there on that list. That's fair. Um, but I think I also I haven't talked about it much, but Birds of a Feather was pretty good. Um, yeah, I feel like that one kind of flew flew under the radar. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> and you're off the podcast. <laughs> I'm looking at the list and like thinking of like what I most like would want to like play again right now would be that would be up there. Yeah. So we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, Kiwi. I'm going to go with votes for women. Like we've BP and I've played it a bunch more. Um, Actually, Eric, if you want to play it, they just uh, put it out on uh, Rally the Troops so you can play it uh, asynchronously. Um, so it's it's just good. I, I like it. Uh, for me, I've got Castles of Mad King Ludwig because we played it. Um, Beast and Beacon Patrol. Ooh, we yeah, that's a good really one mentioned. too. Um, of those, I might have to go with Beast. But I kind of, it's one of those I feel like you got to play a few times to really get a feel for what it's going to be like. Whereas like Beacon Patrol, I think we played enough to say like that was just solid overall. Yeah. Right. Kites would be on there too. Like if you're yep. mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. Kites was another good one. Um, I have two. First, of course, votes for women. Um, and also because now I am a super fan girl of the game designer as well. So um just and the the company uh the publisher but uh the second i if we're going gen con games i'm gonna also go sky team um even though i don't think a pilot and co-pilot would have limited communication it is just we featured it on the podcast kiwi went and stood in line for it. it so like it had a special place in our gen con weekend and um we pretty much almost just leave it on the table because it's a nice game to just be able to squeeze in in between doing other things um, and being, you know, cooperative. It's not a pattern builder, but uh, it's got that cooperative, almost push your luck kind of little bit to it, you know, like, uh, yeah, can I, are these dice going to be too much kind of, kind of anticipation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, all right. And then finally, favorite game we played this year on or off the podcast? Uh, BP. You know, I just because I've brought it up so many times, I'm going to have to go with Votes for Women. Um, trying to think of other things I've played off the podcast. Uh, but I think most of them have, have made it into the podcast. I, I think just Fort Circle games in general, because we also did Halls of Montezuma, which we did not podcast about. So, um, yeah. So those are my favorite featured games of the year. It's uh, BP's Wargaming 2023. <laughs> Um, I had a hard time with this one because I feel like like none of my previous answers like do they really fit like favorite of the year like compared to like Gloomhaven, Sleeping Gods. I, I thought I was surprised that like I like so many more this year because I felt like it wasn't as strong as like last year or previous years. But um, of these, I I might have to go with Beast. I could tell you of the other like fifty Kickstarters we played, none of them. <laughs> make it close to the list so um yeah i guess i'll have to go with beast getaway driver is a good one too though but kate um okay yeah i have a similar feeling like there's nothing at like sleeping god's level um and yeah i would probably everything that i listed for the last question i would list again <laughs> um perhaps i can add um it, uh Sheriff of Nottingham, because that was my first time playing it. And that's a, that was a solid game, mm -hmm. a lot of fun. And I, I think I should mention Diced Veggies since it was our, the one purchase from yep. Gen Con. Um, and it is fun. There's something different about, you know, using the little knife to cut <laughs> off yeah. the dice and make the recipes. And I like the way that the hype builds onto the cards, the recipe cards. 
And then I'm just going to throw the Silas game in there because that came this year, right? That, that is true. The Silas it has came cards this year. with Silas on yeah. them. Um, so, you know, maybe not the best game ever, but I, Silas is, is fantastic, but there's also a lot of good dog. There's a lot of good dogs. A lot of good dogs. Just the book that. they came with with the dog dog stories is, yeah. is worth yeah. the it's price really, of admission. Really cute. I, I enjoy that a lot. So yeah. there we go. Okay. All right, that uh, that wraps up. Wait, did it? What? Did Kiwi go? Did Kiwi go? No. Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sky Team. Like, it, it, it's far and away Sky. Like, I think, you know, we we mentioned it in the Gen Con episode uh, very briefly, but like, no joke, BP and I have had a game of Sky Team going. Like, as soon as we end one, we go right into another. I just looked on Board Game Arena. We have played 48 times, and we currently have a 49th game going. Uh, and then that doesn't even count the number of times that we've played it with the physical version. So I, I think, yeah, Sky Team is quite easily the game I've played the most and the one that I, I like the best this year, I think. Yeah, I think that would probably make my list, except we played. I only played it once, and it was kind of rushed at the end of Gen Con. Um, it was just the two of us playing and there are a bunch of other people. So I kind of felt like I wanted to finish it so that we could play games with more people. But yeah, um, but yeah it was definitely fun from what we did. So I'd like to play that more. Yeah, I think I should have put that on my list of games that I haven't played that I would like yeah. to play. Yeah, We do have it. Alexi has it. So oh, it we can play it at some point whenever we have a weekend. Yeah. It's just so good. Yep. And like the different scenarios with the different rules, like it's it's just so good. All right, uh, that wraps up uh, 2023. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear us and add to our stats for next year, just send them our way. You can do so via email at First Turn Tabletop. Or we are on the platform formerly known as Twitter, now called X or Instagram at First Turncast. And the podcasting camel says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games.